When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bears Nation, baby. Just want to kick it off by thanking our players. When you have adversity like this and, and there's a lot of losing towards the end of the season, I was blown away by our guys' ability to stick together. They practice with energy, and I think that's rare, but it speaks volumes on their character, how much they love the game, and the buy-in that they have for the direction that we're going. As improbable as it may have been at the beginning of the day, the Chicago Bears have just clinched the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Wow, winning. All right, all right, all right. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet Set Stand. Trying to focus on, you know, getting better as a player, getting better as a quarterback, and getting better as a team. Damn straight. And you know this, man. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. See you in the Super Bowl. It's Bears Nation, baby. Touchdown, Bears! Woo! Yes! Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, March 15th. We are live for the first time in a couple weeks. We are here waiting for you, the commenters. It's been a while, so we decided let's go live tonight. It's been a while since we went live with you guys. So all the comments, all the live viewers, we are back with you to go over all the free agent signings, the free agent signings that haven't happened yet, things that we think are going to happen. Kevin has a preposterous trade idea that I have to smack some sense into him about. But other than that, we're doing great. And here we are. Kevin, hello. It is not preposterous. It's super right? preposterous. And I'm excited. Jake, you, you can't hold back my excitement. We get some news sure today. And I'm going we, to. We get, we get some news today right about things pertaining to the nfc north and all of a sudden you know here i was you here 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 i was jake's like you know what i think it's time here at Bears nation podcast we'd be a little bit more realistic about your expectations for the team guess what i i'm not here to be realistic anymore i mean this division is wide open and you cannot convince me that the bears can't win the division next year you can't convince me that that's not in no, play i i will i will give you that this division now that the bad man is gone is way super in play like, this division, we know what the Vikings are. They're frauds. The Lions, I get it. People are excited, and, and that makes sense. The Lions, and they're probably going to add pieces. Great. The Lions are an exciting team. They, they almost made the playoffs. Great. Uh, awesome. Then the Bears have obviously added, and people believe in Justin Fields, and now the Packers are probably going to be a dumpster fire. Like, I get Yes, absolutely. This division is way wide open. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I I thought you're going somewhere with that. I nope, that's I, I was waiting well, for the buts. I, I, I was waiting for the no, buts. No, I, I completely agree with you. That's it. That that's it. That's the tweet. That's the sentence. I, I I agree with you on that. It's just some of your other comments. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. But obviously, big signing, Jake. Let's get right into it. Um, look, Ryan Poles is is on a mission. Man, I mean, he is on an absolute mission. Sure Am I wrong? I mean, with these resignings that we've seen already so far, and I know the Pat, we're recording this on Wednesday, and these signings happened on Monday, and nothing has happened since Monday, and I know that has people a little bit uneasy, but I think they made enough noise on Monday to where, hey, I'm okay if we get a couple of days of silence now. Um, but let's recap what we already saw on Monday and what, what moves the Bears have already made. 
Yeah, so obviously already that what we've seen, and, and this happened a little bit on our Monday episode at the time, but TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds are, are really the top two, and we'll get to Davis on the offensive line, but we'll start with the top two uh, additions because that's kind of what people are about, um, you know, excited about. And let's just get this out of the way first. For all the people who say, oh, you can't build around, you know, off-ball linebackers and, oh, this is going to work really great. This is a rich history of, you know, team success with off-ball linebackers. Listen, the Bears have a crap ton of money, most of money in the entire NFL. There is a floor that you have to hit in the NFL for the money that you spend. You have to, like, it's not like baseball where you can just bottom out and no one's going to say anything. Like, you have to actually spend money and remain at a competitive level in the NFL. Like, that's something that happens. But also, with all that money, the Bears still have a lot of money. They're still flush with cash. And so when you talk about that, like, yeah, great. Maybe you can't build a championship winning team around just off-ball linebackers. Does anyone really think the Bears are done and that this is it? They're going to do more. They're going to add more. Spend the money where you can. You were bad all across the defense. You're spending money on good players. I'd much rather you spend the money on good players than just keep it in your pocket for waiting for that perfect on-ball linebacker, waiting for that perfect receiver, which you already got in your trade with Carolina, by the way, or waiting for that perfect offensive lineman. You have the money, so spend it. Like you said, Poles isn't waiting around. He's not messing around, and that makes sense. He came out with a plan. He came out, got some guys that he wanted, and here we go. So on top of Tremaine Edwins and TJ Edwards, they also signed Nate Davis and Demarcus Walker. Um, We'll talk about them in a second. But like, just back to my original point, yeah, maybe you don't build the best defense in the NFL by spending money on off-ball linebackers. But if you have the money, spend it. Like you might as well. These Edwards is a guy on the rise who's a really, really talented player who, you know, every grade that you see is giving the Bears an A, a to an A plus for that move. And Tremaine Edmonds has been a really good player, a great linebacker for the last five years. And he's still really young. Kevin made this point the other day. Like Ryan Poles is targeting a specific player in their mid-20s who you're about to get their prime of their career. You know, so I think. It's great. I think it is just a sign of things to come, as Kevin kind of alluded to earlier. Yeah, and, and look, Matt in the chat makes a great point. He says, team cuts, the draft, there's plenty of time. To, like, again, it, it, it's a two days through free. It's one day officially through free agency, like three days since the legal tampering period sure. began. But, you know, one day free agency, you know, technically. Like, there's so much. Like, people need to understand, the Bears found starters in the draft all the way up to round five. And you have four picks in the first two rounds. You have a couple fourths. You have a fifth. Like, you're going to find a lot of your starters in the draft and maybe even at premium positions. Like, if, if they don't get Orlando Brown Jr., don't be scared. Even if they don't get Peter Skaronsky. You might have one already with Braxton Jones. Exactly. Like, you already have one there. And he's Ryan Pose, I think, has proven. I, I It's too early to say he's proven. But we know in the back of our minds, like, hey, maybe he does have a knack for finding good offensive lineman later in the draft. Maybe, sure. maybe he recognizes that I wasn't good last year drafting skill positions. I really missed on Valus Jones Jr. And I think we consider so Tristan Abner a miss. So far, right? Considering what they expected him to be last year, I'll consider a miss Correct. based off of what his expectations are supposed to be. Maybe he knows, hey, I can go get an offensive lineman later in the draft and I'm comfortable doing it because I already did it with Braxton Jones and we like you know, the way he developed and Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman, maybe he just believes that that's his forte. So maybe for that reason, he's not willing to break the bank, 
on a player in free agency like Orlando Brown Jr. We know they missed out on Mike McGlinchey, which people were upset about. I know that was your guy that they, you thought that they uh, were going to sign. And and for, you know, for fair, you know, like for in all fairness, like it had the most smoke. Like that was the one signing that yeah. everyone thought was going to happen, like within the first hour of free agency, because there was a lot of buildup around. It didn't happen. And everyone's like, well, after you build it up that much and there's all these rumors about it, then you feel let down because you're already under the expectation that they're at least going to be in the mixers or, or sign them. Um, but with that being said, I don't think Mike McGlinchey, like I don't think losing out on him is, is a big sure. problem. Had um, some warts for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's certainly some warts and he's an upgrade over what you currently have. But again, it goes back to the whole value conversation, $50 million guaranteed uh, for a right tech. I'm not sure that, that's great value, but at the same time, that's probably what Orlando Brown Jr. is asking for, uh, if not more. So there's where I'm conflicted because I still want Orlando Brown Jr. to be a bear, um, but the positional change is, is a problem. But yeah, overall, look, I, I was impressed by the first four signings. Let's break it down one by one. Let's start with Tremaine Edmonds, Jake. Let's go straight into the big signing the Bears could have made. Uh, and I say that because he gets four years, $72 million, $50 million guaranteed. And I didn't realize it at the time until a couple hours later largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in NFL history. And everyone's like, well, you know, this is so contradictory from Ryan Poles because here you are not willing to break the bank on Roquan Smith, right, for an off-ball linebacker and, and reset the market and all this stuff. And then you go do it for Tremaine Edmonds. But the point that's being made is the fact that, well, you got a second rounder back for Roquan Smith. So you essentially get like, Ro you, you get a second rounder and you get a player who is comparable to Roquan Smith. I mean, Roquan sure. Smith was an all-pro last year. I'm not going to put Tremaine Edmonds on the same uh, level as him right now, but they went, like, a couple picks apart in the draft. You know, Tremaine Edmonds was the guy that was supposed to be mocked to the Bears at that time. He ended up going 16th. Uh, I believe it was number 16. Yeah. Um, and now he lands back with the Bears. But Ginormous... That was Andre, the big debate that year, was who the Bears were going to take, Roquan or Tremaine. And and the, and the different... Look, if people want to know, well, what's the key difference? Right. What's the key difference between the two? You know, there's differences between both, but I think there's pros and cons to both. Like Tremaine Edmonds was the leader of a defense that has been top five in the NFL the past couple of years. He's played in eight postseason games. He has that experience. He's a great coverage linebacker, graded number one coverage linebacker at PFF last year. Has also, similar to Roquan, 100 plus tackle season every year that he's played. He's a little bit bigger, maybe even a little bit faster. I don't know if he's faster, but he's 6'5. He's got tremendous length. He's a captain. Like, the only thing that kind of separates them, well, I, I guess you can't really say this, this is the same reason the Bears didn't want to pay Roquan, is Tremaine Evans hasn't gotten after the football, right? Five interceptions, 35 pass deflections, six and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles in five years of play. He's averaging at one interception per year, you know, one sack. He, he, he doesn't have a knack for the football. And the thing that surprised me was we know how Matt Eberflus wants to coach this defense and create this defense. He wants these guys to get turnovers. But at the same time, Maybe Matt Eberflus believes that he can take a prospect who's still really young. Tremaine Edmonds, I believe, is going to be 25 in May. He's still young. He's tremendously young. Uh, I believe he was drafted when he was like 19 or 20. Yeah, like maybe really Matt Eberflus is like, look, this guy has all the tools and all the abilities. We know he, what he can do as a coverage linebacker. Come into my system. I'll teach you how to get after the football. And I don't think people talk about that enough. Like the impact of finding a player who's, and I think the same goes for TJ Edwards, young player, sure. super raw. But just your initial reactions to Trey Edmonds, because this was a name that we hadn't heard a lot throughout the process. Heck, we didn't even mention it, dude. Like when we did like yeah. our free agent, like I don't know why we didn't. I, I must have skipped past it, but I don't know where Bears get Trey Edmonds. Well, so. no, we know why. It's because we felt collectively, we felt that the Bears felt good about what they have in Jack Sanborn, mm -hmm. and they felt like okay, there's a future building block there. And we just assumed, all right, Nicholas Morrow was serviceable. You probably just bring him back to stopgap until next year when you draft someone 
or the next signing period. We didn't think that linebacker was going because we were so you, we were so locked in on edge rushers True. and defensive tackles and offensive linemen and receivers, really, that we didn't think about linebackers because we thought, like, okay, you have Sanborn and you can find a stopgap at the other linebacker spot until next year. You can kind of punt on that. We didn't think it was going to be addressed right away. Here's the thing about the, well, why didn't you just pay Roquan argument? You mentioned the second round pick. That's fine and dandy. From day one, the the this regime, Poles and Iberville, showed that they just really didn't think Roquan was their guy. From day one. Remember how long it took Roquan Smith to show up to camp? That's right. Remember how, like, uh, from day one, he kind of, like, there was friction there right away. And, yeah, Roquan had a good season when he was wearing a Bears uniform, and they obviously flipped him to Baltimore and got some assets back for him and some capital back for him. This was the opportunity for Eberflus and Poles to handpick their guys, their first star guys on the defensive side. Maybe you could say Jaquan Brisker was that, but like their first free agent signing and handpick someone and go and get them right away with all this money and all this cap space and say, that's a guy that we identify that we think could be a star. And really, I said this in a text thread, uh, shout out to Isaac Trotter and, and the group chat. I'm in with him and Jeremy Warner and Trevor Lease and Austin Brooklyn, but you know, we said they we posed the same question. Why not just pay Roquan? Well, some of that is probably the same similar mindset as why pay one guy all this money when we could pay two guys the same amount of money and fix two spots that we need somebody. You know, the Bears we've talked about so much this offseason about how many holes they need to fill on this roster. They just filled two holes with the same amount of money that they're paying Roquan. And I know that might not seem like a lot, but that's still two less things that you have to worry about mm-hmm. as opposed to just one place where you already have a luxury. So I get it. it like I, I get the kind of, you know, you're a little averse to it, the, the questions. I get it. But I still think it's great signings. I think it's just you see this with new regimes. Like just because that this was their first year and they kept Roquan, they didn't trade him, doesn't mean that they loved him from the jumps. So this was their opportunity to be like, these are two guys that we think can lock down the middle of the defense and be our enforcers, and now we go. So now the next step of that is, because we've talked about the secondary, you have that guy, and Jaquan Brisker led you in sacks and tackles and all that. Like Now you just got to find that guy on the defensive line, which who knows, you'll probably still do that in the draft if you know Jalen Carter's pro day didn't go as well as it sounds like. But regardless, that point notwithstanding, you know, Iberflus looked at these two guys and said, I can make a defense with these two guys, including Jack Sanborn. Like he's still part of this equation as well. Like I, I just think that when you're doing, it's kind of apples to oranges in that Ro- Roquan just clearly wasn't a fit with Iberflus and Poles. They just didn't see him as, you know, the type of player that maybe Baltimore sees him now, obviously, because Baltimore gave him that huge contract. Yeah, it helps that Jermaine Edmonds had an agent that they can negotiate with. Uh, also fair you know that might help but I I think you're right it appears that the Bears are very particular again this has been a theme since this regime has begun about the type of men that they bring in the type of characters that they want and the camaraderie and just the way things operate they kind of want it done their way the right way and it didn't feel like Roquan Smith fit in with that for whatever reason I'm not saying Roquan is the bad guy you know what I mean I'm not I'm not saying like anything like that but Clearly, again, you mentioned there was friction and just didn't work out. And this is the same argument that, you know, people wanted to use for Justin Fields for the whole trade scenarios was, well, you know, we what if they just want their guy? You know what I mean? And obviously you just you couldn't just not in a position to trade away Justin. Fields. I said that, you know, you said that. And, and like the and, and the logic behind it is not incorrect. Like I never right. was like 
going to argue with you about that logic. I just knew for that once. because of, yeah, for once, just because of the way that the situation played out, like they weren't going to trade Justin Fields. But the logic behind it is true. Like these teams want to build their team their way. And I think that's why you see them building it around these guys who are going to be here for four years and, and four-year contracts to 25-year-old players because uh, we mentioned it, you know, when we did our episode a little while ago, like, again, you're entering this window that you presume is going to be at least four years here for a Super Bowl window. You the hope. NFC North being as bad as it is this year, not as bad as it is, but as open as it is, I should say, mediocre. this year, mediocre. The playoff window starts next year. The playoff window starts next year. And the point is, you're you're finding these guys who you hope well, to Real quick, here. when you say next year, you mean this upcoming season I mean, or this upcoming following? season? The, the okay. playoff window is open this upcoming season in the NFC North. I mean, I, I don't think anyone is going to sit there and be like, well, you know, you can't win this division with Jared Goff and the Lions at, you know, plus 165 is the favorites. You know, no insane way, right? Price. You know, insane. But, um, but nonetheless, like, I just see them building this team around young players who fit their mold, who are going to be here for four years. Like all the contracts that they've handed out, uh, I, I can't remember. The, I, I got to double check the Nate Davis contract, but TGI was three years, 19 and a half million. You know, Davis Trey was Madden, three, I think. I, yeah, right. So, I mean, all the, and I think Demarcus Walker was also three. Um, but maybe I got to double check that too. But like, again, these guys are going to be here for, this Super Bowl window, and if they play well, they get a second contract after that. And even if they do get a second contract, they're still going to be playing the last couple of years of those contracts under 30. Like, these guys are yep. young, man. And this is why I was always he- always hesitant to believe that they're going to break the bank for Javon Hargrave. Or they're going to break the... I-, I didn't think it would preclude them from bu- from going after certain players over 30. But is your solution at 3-Tech for the next four years of your playoff window a guy who's going to be 34 by the end of it? No, it's not. And and they might feel the same way about Orlando Brown Jr. Look they how might. that worked with Akeem Hicks. Exactly. That's uh, that's a really good. That's And it, look, and, and this is exactly the difference because it worked for one year and it was amazing. For two years, it was well, amazing because yeah. he was really good. But at the end of it, like he was, uh, he resembled... The, he, he, yeah, you caught him, and he resembled what the problem was with that regime. They paid a bunch of guys who were, like, at the end of their primes who could give you productive years, but your Super Bowl window was one year. It was what you 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 were all in in 2018, basically, and after that, and you expected to be in it for a couple more years, but it didn't shake out that way. Right. But this, like, Ryan Poles is doing this the right way so that, he, like, the next couple of years, you have a foundation. And if next year you win the NFC North or you get close, you win the wild card and you lose in the first round, then next year you can pay a couple of 30-year-olds, a couple of 34-year-olds who are really good still, you know, a couple million, but you still have your core that's going to be here for four years. You're not, you're not basing this rebuild off of players who are over the age of 30. And that's why I don't think you saw them go after Javon Hargrave. That's why you don't even think you saw them maybe go after McGlinchey. I mean, I, I don't... McGlinchey's only 28, I think. But sure. again, this whole argument about Orlando Brown, I think there's a lot in fa- uh, a lot of factors to this, but he is 29. He's going to be 33 at the end of the four-year contract that he's probably looking for. And offensive line is a position where you can play a little bit later and be successful later into your career. But I, I like what he's doing. I like what he's doing going after these younger players. Let's target uh, TJ Edwards real quick. Let's focus and hone in on him. Again, three years, 19 and a half million. And the first thing that stood out to me uh, today when I went back and I was writing a rundown was like, it almost like that was the price that the lions paid for David Montgomery, basically. Yeah. The lions paid like, so if you want to look at it this way, 
You either could have paid David Montgomery that exact same contract, or you get yourself the guy who's probably going to be the mic of your defense, probably going to be the middle linebacker on your defense who led the Super Bowl runner-ups in tackles. Like You get that guy instead of a luxury in David Montgomery who doesn't help you win a Super Bowl. I'm all in. TJ Edwards, underrated signing. I don't know how you feel about it, but at first, and well, I will say this, because I effed up. When we, we were recording the Monday podcast live, when we got the news, and I was like, well, I don't think he's much of an upgrade over Nicholas Morrow. I was wrong. I admittedly did not know a ton about the guy. Went back, watched some highlights, looked at his stats, and I was like, shit, I was wrong. He is an upgrade over Nicholas Morrow. I'm not saying he's the best linebacker in the league. He's certainly not as good as Jermaine Edmonds, but he is a very underrated signing, going to be a very solid piece for this defense, and I'm, I'm, I'm content with that signing. Yeah, this is a signing that I think, I mean, it's like I said in the open, kind of like this is a signing that anywhere you go, wherever you consume football content, whether that be PFF or wherever, all grading this as an A, A plus, B plus at worst. And I think a lot of that has to do with the price. Like you said, you paid him like a, a mid-tier, slightly above average running back. And this is a guy that's on the ascension, that guy whose arrow is pointed firmly up at 26 years old. Like you said, this is the type of player that Ryan Poles is going to target. This, to me, kind of feels like the Pernell McPhee signing with way less money and way more upside. Like Ryan Poles kind of tried, or Ryan Pace, excuse me, tried to kind of do this with a guy who was, arrow was pointing up, still pretty young, a little bit of a risk, so overpaid him. And then it didn't work out, obviously. Pernell McPhee had like one good year in Chicago and then kind of flamed out. This is something where even if, TJ Edwards does flame out, which we're not expecting because he's way more solid player. Pernell, if he was all sacks, like you were expecting a lot of sack numbers, big sack numbers, and that's what you needed. TJ Edwards, we're just expecting to be like, has a high floor is the thing. Like Pernell McPhee was low floor, high ceiling, and you were hoping to hit that ceiling. You obviously did it. TJ Edwards comes with a low floor. This is a guy who just makes a lot of tackles, makes a lot of very like uh, fundamentally sound high plays. Floor? Like he's just, so, yes. The, what did I say? Low? You said low he has yeah. a really, he has a really high floor, just a fundamentally sound solid player which is what you need on this bears defense because you don't have a lot of those guys so this to me feels like a gamble quote unquote on a guy whose arrow is trending upward but even if it doesn't work out and again we're expecting it to work out we both really like tj edwards everyone across the league seems to like tj edwards in the event it doesn't work out you're not financially tied to that where you're crippled then and it's not a five-year deal either it's a three-year deal so you're like all right cool like we're in it, and I like TJ Edwards. He seems fired up. He said that he took a discount to sign with the Bears because he wanted it to happen as fast as possible because he grew up a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. His dad is an avid listener of Chicago Sports Radio. Like that's great too. I've long said, like you know me, I, I say on the show all the time, like nobody loves bringing players back home like the Chicago Bears do. No organization in sports at all likes bringing players back to their home city, home state, like the Bears do. It's insane. But in this instance, I think it was good because it worked out for you. TJ Edwards probably had other suitors. And he said, no, I want to go to the Bears. Let's do it. They're on the phone. Great. Get it done. So, yeah, I mean, I really like it. I think you got the splash signing with Edmonds. And you got the where everyone was like, wow, the shock value. And I think that's kind of why Edwards is flying under the radar a little bit because the Edmonds signing happened so fast after, you know, within that same kind of a short time period where before people even got to fully digest TJ Edwards and look at his film or look up his stats or kind of read more about him. It was like, Hey, and look at this out of left field, the bears have signed one of the best linebackers on the market. And so once we get closer to the season and training camp, we start hearing all the intangibles about TJ Edwards, which I'm sure we're going to hear first guy and last guy out that type of stuff. Then I think bears fans are going to fall in love with him. I think this is the exact, the exact right type of player to pair, not only with Trent Edmonds, but also with Jack Sanborn, a they guy who we also together. think 
Correct. So you have instant chemistry right there too, which you uh, expect them to click and raise the floor of this defense even higher. So I think it's good. Edmonds is more of the splashy flash player who has a really high ceiling that you're banking on. Edwards, it's kind of like what you see is what you get, and that's really solid. He might not lead the team in tackles like he did for you know the Eagles' leading defense last year, but still going to be a really solid player, I think, and, and a really shrewd signing by Ryan Poles, in my opinion. Really shrewd, and I think this thing goes two ways, right? Like TJ Edwards, huge Bears fan, right? Like wanted to play in Chicago, but does he sign with the Bears if they don't have Justin Fields and they don't have the direction of the franchise that they're going in? No, he doesn't. And and just tra- like people forget that free agency goes both ways, right? People forget that sometimes. And there are players. Don't get me wrong. There's players in the league who are in it. Maybe not just for greed. Like I, I can never knock a player for going to get his money. But sometimes for players, that's all they're in it for, right? I'll go to whatever team is going to give me the largest contract. That is that is totally totally fair, right? Um, I, I get that. But like when you think about what the Bears are doing here, and okay, we just made a huge trade uh, days before our free agency that a lot of people can 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 buy into. Like, Gets your name in the news, too. Yeah, and, and TJ Edwards brought this up on, on his interview with Parkinson Spiegel on 6th, 7th score. He's like, you know, we just made a trade. Like, like he likes the direction of the franchise. Like, the way Ryan Pulse has constructed this is going to allow free agents to want to come to Chicago. And, under, and everyone understands that, like, it's consensus around, like, around the league. Again, we heard it game after game. Everybody that played against Justin Fields thinks he's great. Like, in the player's circle, Justin Fields is already a star in this league. TJ Ward's former teammate, uh, Darius Slay, said that exactly. as well, which we'll Darius get Slay, to. Darius Slay, who's a free agent. Which we will get, get to. to that. Um, That's called a tease. That's what I we call in the business a tease. tease. Wow, we don't do that often because we're a podcast and we don't have, like, commercial breaks, so there's not really... Well, and also we just kind of, like, string um, of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we do. Because that shit's boring. I, like, I, like, I'm not just a <laughs> rant. You know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. like Anyway, just, back to TJ Edwards. Um, back to TJ Edwards and just this idea that I think people are buying in, you know, players in the league are, are willing to buy into what the Bears are selling here. And it's all based around the way Ryan Post has built this and the fact that you have a franchise quarterback. Like yeah. when you think about, okay, I want to go to a contender that's rooted in obviously the way that team has performed, but it's also rooted in the fact that you have a franchise quarterback who's going to compete for you year after year. I mean, these players know that if I'm signing a four-year deal, like, I better be signing with a team that's got a quarterback who's going to be good for the next four years so we're not just a one-hit wonder. You know what I mean? Like, these guys want to be in contention, you know, for the entirety of their contract. So uh, I, I just I, – I love that signing uh, with TJ Edwards. Um, again, 159 total tackles last year are just, you know, really solid. Another name that we hadn't really brought up. I guess that's our fault. we got to dig deeper uh, on these guys. But um, can you blame us? No. Nate Davis, uh, do you have anything else on Edwards or Edmonds right now? Uh, not right now. Uh, just to your point about teams want to sign on to teams that they think are going to be good. It helps that, A, like you said, the trade of the number one overall pick at the end of last week kind of shot your arrow up, got your name in the news. Be like, okay, well, things are happening here in Chicago. Um, obviously, Chicago is a huge market anyway, and the Bears had all this space. But like you said, teams want to sign on to teams that they think, you know, like we talked about with Edwards and his arrow being pointed up, the Bears arrow is pointing up and teams want to sign on for that. They want to be a part of kind of the, the best year. Like, you know, who's signing on to play for the Arizona Cardinals next year? Exactly. Who's going to be out without Kyler Murray for most of, if not the entire year, and you have Colt McCoy for most of the year? Like, who's signing up for that right now? Like, uh, you have – you are an attractive destination right now as, you know, the Chicago Bears, and it looks like Ryan Poles is capitalizing on that. But as far as Nate Davis goes, I mean, it seems like, a, again, a, a, a player – you can talk about Justin Fields – 
Nate Davis seems like a player that a lot of other players like. You know, Taylor Lewan's tweeting, oh, it bears, you got a good one. And Taylor Lewan was an all-pro offensive lineman. Like, so that's a pretty big, you know, compliment to Nate Davis there. And he's a guard. He's an in- inside offensive lineman. So you can speculate and think about what this means for Cody Whitehair, possibly, or even Lucas Patrick. Um, I think Lucas Patrick is safe, but 100%. whatever, that's a different conversation. But it's good. I mean, it shows that the Bears are still in this process of, we're going to protect Justin Fields. We're going to do what we can to make Justin Fields better. And we're going to find the guys with a three-year deal for a guy who is still relatively young. So let's make it happen. And, and I know you kind of alluded to it earlier in the episode, Kevin, like, you know, there's some people are getting antsy now because it's been a couple of days yep. and nothing's really happened. And Orlando Brown Jr. is still out there as well as a bunch of other supplementary players. But, you know, I think now we're entering the process of free agency where it's going to hit a little bit of a lull. It doesn't mean like negotiations aren't happening. You know, Orlando Brown Jr. went on NFL Live and say, like, I, I feel good about where things are going. Like, my agent's talking to people, and I'm going to trust that process. Great. Like, that could be the Bears. It might not be. Who knows? But as far as Nate Davis goes, it's just the Bears and Ryan Poles reaffirming their commitment to Justin Fields and making him a better quarterback and allowing him to take that leap forward that we are hoping for this upcoming season. So I think Davis is a good signing. Uh, you know, if players are complimenting you and other offensive linemen are complimenting you publicly on Twitter – I'll take it. I think there's nothing but good things there. And, you know, certainly the offensive line could use an upgrade. So, yeah. And I, you know, shout out my guy, Ryan Port, that's exciting the score. He's a huge Titans fan. I was like, what do you feel about losing Nate Davis? And he's like, I'm upset about it. Like that, this is a consensus among Titans fans that they're a little bit upset um, that, that the, the Titans didn't resign him, that they lost him to free agency. And I think again, you know, I, I don't think the bears are done in the offensive line market. Not in at the all. agency. There's a couple Agreed. of guys available. Uh, again, Orlando Brown Jr. is still looming. And I, now, think, I, I do think it's real quick. The thing that we have to consider here, too, is, and we said this on Monday, Pete Skaronsky is the number one probably prospect right now. He's the most, not maybe number one, most likely guy that you're drafting right now. I haven't said this on You Better, You Bet, and Nick Costos agreed with me. Like, Skaronsky's probably the guy right now that you're targeting at number nine. Mm-hmm. Of, of course, assuming that he's there. Right. But that goes into this, too, because we talked about on Monday, when you trade back to nine, now you're set and you have a and you're thinking, you know, if, if you're taking Skaronsky or Paris Johnson Jr., all right, we're getting one of these two guys, so we'll sign one, you know, starter and maybe a couple other, like, depth guys on the offensive line because we know we're getting one of these two guys at number nine. So that could be something – just think about that, too, when you think about, well, why are they getting Brown? Why are they getting this offensive lineman or that offensive lineman? They might and probably feel like they're getting a really, really good offensive lineman in the draft coming up at number yeah. nine. Yeah, and that goes back to Matt's comment from the beginning of the show. Like, be patient here. This is part of the process. And people get, you know, antsy and they get excited about free agency because it's such sure. an exciting time. And everyone's Especially when you come out of the gate that hot, too. Like, the Bears came out of it, bang, 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 bang. And when you have the money. Hours. I yeah. mean, like, the, a lot of people are like, well, what's the excuse? You have the money. You need to spend the money. Why aren't you spending the money? And it's like, well, you know, if they had this plan. Like, again, people think that these teams don't have formulated plans that consist of the draft and free agency. Like, they're probably approaching it. Like, okay, we know that at nine now, even if we don't get Scaranzi, guess what? We get Paris Johnson Jr. Tackle's not a problem for us anymore. Let, let's let's go to, you know, to different areas of free agency. And I, I think there's a lot of people who, you know, when they grade the Bears offseason so far, or, or the Bears free agency so far, you know, they're willing to give it an A defensively, but they're a little bit skeptical about giving it an A uh, on the offense side of the ball with Nate Davis because they're like, well, you have all the money, and we heard about McGlinchey, and we heard about Orlando Brown, we haven't seen it yet. Where's the, where's the 
big money maker uh, at offensive line. And it's like, well, you got to remember, like, there's a chance Nate Davis could start for this team. He probably will start for this probably, team. You're probably expecting think, him to. Yeah, because Cody Whitehair is going to be a post-June 1st cut because we broke this down in the episode uh, a couple weeks ago. But I think they save it's like six to eight million dollars if he's a post-June first cut it's a no-brainer and he's just not going to get cut now because they only save half of that if they were to cut him before then um he might be your left guard but even if he's not like Bears fans should remember how riddled this offensive line has been with injuries since Cody Whitehair specifically Cody Whitehair specifically but since the Cow Long era like it's just been a constant shuffle and yeah this happens around the league because Offensive linemen are prone to injury. They're getting stepped on. All these things happen, right? But you can never have too much depth, especially for an offensive line that is that is this thin. And if Nate Davis ends up being just a depth piece, it's a really good rotational depth piece for you. I mean, this guy started 54 games at right guard for the Titans in the last four years. He's only 26. Again, along the theme, younger players. His pass block win rate last year, 93.2%. I mean, that is phenomenal. Now, with the caveat that we all know about that stat, Jake, that's the stat where Sam Mustafa is top 10 in the league, man. Pass block win rate, he's the GOAT. So I'm not going to look too deep into that one uh, as the Bears have officially not tendered Sam Mustafa today. I was just going to say that. Free agent. Thank the Lord he's gone. Uh, well wishes, Sam. Well wishes, Sam. Shane Nem's in the chat. I know he'll like that. Um, but, I mean, this guy paved the way for Derrick Henry. Better pass blocker than he is run blocker. Um I, 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 this is a move that needs to be made. I mean, it's the same thing goes for Demarcus Walker. If you just transition right to that, everyone's like, "Well, who the f is this guy?" It's not Javon Hargrave. What are we doing? They have nobody on the right. like. Armin Watts was getting reps for you. Like, you just need warm bodies. He had seven sacks last year, career high. I think it was a statistical anomaly because they had a couple guys injured on the defensive front, but he still played well. He's not the solution. He's not your three tech. He's not your Jalen Carter. You know, he's not your you know Aaron Donald. Right? He's not your you know, solution there, but he's a guy. Like you need yeah. guys. <laughs> just need bodies, man. I mean, so I'm like, wow, how are you gonna be upset? Like you just need like the Bears have so many holes to fill that at some point, like you just gotta fill it. And if it's Demarcus Walker on a you know like eight million dollar contract, it was like two years. You know, I think not even that much. Um, we double check it right here. Like, you have to go for it. A three-year, $21 million contract, $60 million guaranteed. Yeah, well, $7 million per year. Like, fine. Like, go for it. And, and I think, again, a common theme here, and as it pertains to the draft, too, like, I think something we think about in free agency is like, oh, like, we look at the best year of a player's career, and I think people are doing this for DJ Moore, too, and we're like, that's his ceiling. No, like, that's why coaching is an important thing in the NFL, because... There's a chance that Tremaine Edmonds comes here, DJ Edwards comes here, and they play under a historically good defensive coach, good at developing defensive talent in Matt Eberflus, and they take off, and they hit a different gear. And I think that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are willing to bank on that, and I think Matt Eberflus has a knack for seeing the guys who he believes he can develop into those you know, next-tier players. So people need to take that in consideration. Like the, the best seasons that you've seen from these defensive guys or even offensive guys are probably not going to be their best seasons as a bear. Like they'll probably exceed the numbers that they had in their best season in their previous team. So. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to what we talked about high upside guys, like guys that you feel exactly. have their arrow pointing up and that are likely going to be able to. And again, it's not like you contributed or not contributed and you locked in a lot of money. Either like this is a guy who 
Now, here's a guy uh, that, <laughs> you know, that you, you think the arrow is pointing up and that even if it doesn't work out, you're not locked in forever for a lot of money that you can't get out of it. So, you know, I don't think this is far from the last edition. And as far as the pass rush goes for the Bears, it's a start and it's a guy who has some upside. So we'll take it. And from there, you try and build on it and then we'll see what happens. But, you know, if for like you said, it's just warm bodies. And if you're going to just fill the room with warm bodies, you might as well be with guys who are coming off their most productive season and that you can just continue to build upon. So I'll take it for sure. One thousand percent. All right. So. Let's let, let's let's turn our uh let's turn our heads to this and real quick. You know we're recording this Wednesday as the Bulls are playing, and I'm seeing tweets that Justin Fields, I was just going to bring that up. and Darnell Mooney are at the game together in a suite, which is awesome. Um, love that the boys getting along together already. That that's 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 freaking sweet. And I'll tell my guy Cody Westland who's there to get some photos of it for us. Um, because that's awesome. But let's transition now. Okay, so we said the Bears have been quiet. Um. After Monday, right? They signed four players on Monday to make a splash. And I understood on Tuesday, once I saw that they were at Northwestern's pro day, I was like, well, they're at pro day. They're like not on the phone. <laughs> like they're not in house hall on the phone. Like they're at pro day. I don't imagine that they're going to be making a deal on Tuesday while they're at pro day. And while they're, you know, doing what for them is probably an equally important thing in scouting Peter Skronsky and even the defensive end, Adoware, Adobaware, whatever his last name is, the guy who's an athletic freak who I actually think could be a target in the second round. Um, but let's turn our heads now. A lot of guys remain unsigned and a guy has just become available. Who's 32 years old, who just played on the Super Bowl runner up similar to TJ Edwards. And maybe just maybe TJ Edwards is texting him. Darius Slay that is saying, Hey bud, I know you, you know, requested a trade from Philly. You didn't get it. They cut you. Guess what? We're building something special here in Chicago. Ryan Poles sold this well to me. I've already been here a couple days and I like where this team is going. I want you to sign with the Chicago bears. I think Darius Slay is in, the, is in the cards for a potential option for the Bears as far as who they could sign next. But who else is on your mind uh, as far as what they're – because, again, they're not done. I think the Bears will sign four more sure. players at least um, throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. Who do you think – or who, who's just on your radar still that you think the Bears could potentially be going after as free agency rolls on and we kind of hit a wall? Sure. So let's just talk about Slay for a second real quick. Uh, you know, he became available today and he just got cut today. So that's, you know, news, obviously. And this is something that we talked about uh, earlier that, and really I brought this, but I brought this up, that corner wasn't a need for you, but if somebody became available that you could, you know, kind of bring that secondary to another, because we like the secondary. Like we like Jaquan Brisker, big Jaquan. We love Jaquan Brisker. We really like Jalen Johnson, obviously. We think Eddie Jackson is back on the up and up and maybe not the exact same player he was a couple of years ago, but can get back to a level comparable to that, at least or closer to that. Um, and then we like the potential of Kyler Gordon. Slay, if you bring him in and then you shift Kyler Gordon to the nickel corner or the slot corner, whatever you want to call it, Pretty good. That makes your secondary really good, especially if he says, all right, you know, I heard from my guy TJ Edwards. You're right. Let's do this. You know, I'm willing to sign for a little bit cheaper here, um, but that remains to be seen. I don't think that if, if the price tag gets too high, Slay will probably, you know, take that. But, you know, it's we'll see what happens. Somebody that we talked about a couple days ago and last week is still on my radar. Frank Clark's still out there. 
probably going to command a hefty price tag, but he's proven, he is well-regarded, and he's been on the highest stage and done it at the highest stage. Three checkboxes right there that you really look for. He's a little bit on the older side. Yes, I totally get that. But this could really solidify your defensive line. We just talked about how, you know, you're taking these swings on guys who had their breakout year last year as far as DeMarcus Walker goes, and, you know, you just need warm bodies. Frank Clark would be a hell of a warm body to bring in, and you still have a lot of money to play with. And, yeah, you, you could go skim it off the top of the bargain bin, but if you're Poles and you talk – and, and Poles is from Kansas City, he was spent not from Kansas – you know what I mean. Like, he started in the Chiefs organization. It was, you know, in charge of player personnel. Probably has a relationship with Frank Clark. I have to imagine there's been a conversation or two. And maybe that conversation went, hey, are you willing to sign for X amount of money? No, I need more. Okay, well, nice talking to you. It, that might have been it. It might have happened already. But for me, it's, until we hear otherwise, I think Frank Clark should 1,000% still be on the Bears' radar and somebody that they're actively trying to get because we know the needs on the defensive line that still need to be addressed. 100%. And we have this theme, you know, talking about, like, you know, finding guys are going to mirror for four years, but I, I don't think any more, and in, in both, in, in both free agency and the draft, your solution, long-term solution, young guy at, at edge just like isn't there right now. Like there's no edge rushers available in free agency who, who there never really was from the start who really catch your eye as, hey, you know, a Tremaine Edmonds type deal four years, $70 million, come be the premier address for the Chicago Bears for the next four. There was never anyone from the start, right, Jake? I mean, there was no one that we had really pondered to be that because we had already, you know, we were already under the assumption that Will Anderson is going to be in the, Will Anderson is going to be in the cards. And hey, like, like we talked about Peter Skronsky a lot. Look, like Tyree Wilson could fall that far. Like it's sure. possible. And Lucas Van Ness could rise a little bit to number nine, and then they could feel comfortable taking him. Like, edge rushers are also in the cards there uh, at number nine overall, but I, I don't think the solution is at edge for anyone y'all get free agency. So that almost gives you the flexibility to, be set, to say, hey, if we already know that we're probably going to turn to one of our four picks in the first two rounds at edge rusher, maybe it is number nine overall, then why don't we go after the 29-year-old Frank Clark who can play opposite of him, who can be a good mentor. We can afford him. He's not going to be on a huge contract. People understand he's older. He's sort of on the down in his career as it goes statistics-wise. He hasn't he didn't have the best year of his career last year, but he has that postseason experience. He's the perfect veteran you want in your locker room. Again, I'm, I, I keep saying and saying, they're going to go after some guys at some point who are who are around that age. They're not going to sign anyone. Like not everyone that they sign is going to be under thirty. And if there were a guy that you were going to sign who's approaching that age, it is Frank Clark. It makes too much sense. He's got the relationship with Ryan Poles. He's got the playoff experience, and that's the one thing that's also a common theme between Tremaine Edmonds and, T and TJ Edwards, two guys who have played in the biggest moments. They're clearly building this roster around players who have been there in the biggest moments who won't be scared when inevitably the Bears get to that moment the playoffs in the next couple of years. So Frank Clark is 100% on the radar for me. I also am, I can't allow Ryan Poles and the Bears and Bears fans to get complacent yet with, with the offensive skill possessions that the Bears have. I can't. Like, you can never have too many playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And I know people see J.J. Moore come in and he's a surefire wide receiver one. I agree. But, I, like, I'm almost at the point where, all right, you got your wide receiver one via trade, so you save a little bit of money. You don't have to spend money on Jacoby Myers, who got $11 million per year, or Alan Lazard, who got $11 million per year. Disgusting, but that's the price you have to pay to get Aaron Rodgers to come to New York, I guess. Um, 
I'm fine with them spending a little money at tight end now. Like it, it like I'd be more comfortable if they wanted to spend money on Dalton Schultz or Mike Gesicki at the right price. Ooh. I don't think I, I I'm not sure it happens, but I'm more comfortable with it yeah. because you can never have look, I you just like look at the way some of these teams have constructed their offenses the past couple of years, man. I mean, like you saw what the Buccaneers did the year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, they just loaded it with everyone. I mean, they had Antonio Brown, they had Julio Jones, they had Grunt, like Julio Jones. The stop shell it. Of, the shell of stop Julio it. Jones at the time. And I know, I know. I'm sorry. Stop. But Get but it was help. a name. It was a name. It was a yeah. name. There's no doubt about that. It was a name. And 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 I just. You, it's a like, bunch of letters put together. No doubt about it. Don't get complacent. And the name for me is Miko Hardman. It, it's not going to be easy. Stop. What do you mean stop? What do you not like about Miko Hardman? If Patrick we already had this conversation, I think we had look good, then I don't think you're that good. You, dude, Miko Hardman was great with the Chiefs. And it the wasn't the same way great, that Byron was, Pringle was he, great. No, he was Chiefs. better than Byron Pringle was. He could do more for you. He's he's essentially your Vance Jones Jr., but like. If they don't think Velas could ever get back to being a legitimate returner, which they probably will give him another chance. Like Michael Hardman's one of the better returners in the game right now. Like he he he's very productive on punt returns and kick returns, and he he's he's exactly what you're but looking for in offense. Pay, if you pay him like a returner or like a fifth receiver, they're not fine. paying him anything crazy, bro. They're paying fine. him an equanimous type contract. But, but if this happens, I don't want to hear the Kevin Lacka. Miko Harmon, breakout coming. He's you guys are no, all sleeping no, no. on Pro Bowl season. Let's Stop. go. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to yeah. hear it. But because we already have our guy, like last year, Jake, I w- we were for it. Jake, it was so bad last year. We were forced to believe that Byron Pringle was the answer because there was we? no else. Who is this we? Oh, okay, who we, is this we? Uh, me, but but you, yeah. I, I I could roll back some receipts. I bet I could roll back some receipts where you were like, well, yeah, maybe Brad. You definitely agreed that he should have been better in Chicago than what he was in Kansas City. You definitely agree with that. You definitely sure, were like, but that's because the floor was in hell. The floor, floor was, was in not hell. in hell. It was like five fifty-eight touchdowns. Like that's not hell. Like that's decent. Like it, it, all I'm saying is, at this point, you know, you know, like you're not signing Mecco Hardman to be your savior. Like last year, that right, was their sure. splash signing at wide receiver was Byron Pringle. Like that was their big move. Now it's right. like, okay, the expectation is you're a wide receiver four. And, or wide receiver five, you want to put him behind Equinemius St. Brown, you're going to return punts from us. You're going to be great on end arounds. Imagine a, a, an offense with, you know, DJ Moore in motion and Mikko Harmon in motion and, and Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, like all these different guys. Like, and it all depends, Jake, on their true evaluation of Bayless Jones Jr. But I, I, like, I am not, and I don't think they are willing to just be optimistic with the fact that, hey, Velas is, is just going to come back next year and be a different player. I mean, it's possible, sure. and he deserves the opportunity, but that shouldn't preclude you from at least going after and getting another fringe guy. I mean, Fine. I don't know. Fine. That room gets crowded Fine. now that I think about it if you add yeah. Michael Hardman. But... Yes, that's also true. Um, the thing, I want to circle back real quick, too. You mentioned tight ends. You have Cole Komet, and we were like, Cole Komet, I think you have the chance. I don't think you need to sign Schultz or Gasicki just because everything that you read and everything that you look at, this is apparently a very deep tight end class coming in in the draft uh, where you can get a you know a starter or a contributor on day three. Uh, so I think that's probably the most likely scenario here where the Bears draft a guy instead of spending money 
uh, on a tight end, especially when you already have Kolkomet. Now, if you didn't have Kolkomet in place or Kolkomet had underwhelmed again last year, then maybe you could make this case. And I, I would be like, okay, yeah, probably. But Kolkomet emerged. He broke out last year. I think they're fine probably just pairing him with a rookie. Uh, it would be my guess there yeah. uh, as far as that goes. But while we're talking about upgrades and guys that are available and that you should heavily target and, you know, let's get to Ke- the text that Kevin Lapka sent to me yesterday afternoon, which read as follows. This is the text. I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, you know, having, having my workout, whatever. And this is the text that I received from one Kevin Lapka. This was yesterday at 12.33 in the afternoon. I think we're going to trade for Eckler. That's it. That's that's the text. I mean, this is just, and this is hours after Austin Eckler is granted permission to talk to teams because he, <laughs> he said to the Chargers, okay, either pay me or trade me. And, you know, you see that in the NFL a lot. Eckler, obviously a really, really good player. He was the, you know, offensive, you know, rock for the Chargers, especially when Justin Herbert was hurt. And Eckler is a top running back in the league. He scores a ton of touchdowns. He's, you know, a a guy that is one of the top offensive players in the league. The Bears are not trading picks for Austin Eckler. It's just not happening. They're not. And then because the thing is, if you trade for Austin Eckler, then you have to also give him a huge contract. I just don't think that's happening. Uh, You're not giving him a huge contract. You're not. You're giving him a big big Uh, contract. You're paying him like the top running back in the league, most likely. Uh, uh, I don't know. He's 27. I, I, mm. Yeah, so you're probably giving him a, a big three- or four-year contract. Mm. Let's let's see what he Which, Okay, but he, regardless, even if you want to take out that part of it, that you're probably giving him a contract extension, you're probably going to have to big, give up a second-round pick for him. No. And I just, no, 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 Austin, no, 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 no. All right, what do you think that you would have to give up and the, trade for Austin the, the, the only way I would trade for Austin Eckler, I put in my tweet, was – Pick one thirty three from Philadelphia uh, that you get from that you got via Philadelphia fourth round pick one thirty three. That's what I give. And I don't I, and I don't think that the Chargers are taking oh, come any. On. That Jalen Ramsey like just got traded for a third rounder. You're going to trade a running Jaylen back. Jalen Ramsey's who, also in his thirties already. Okay, Austin Eckler's a twenty seven year old running back. People understand. Never mind. Jalen Ramsey's twenty eight. Okay. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's in his thirties. But Austin Eckler's not going for more than a fourth round pick. Like, come on, are we stupid? No, like it's not happening. All right. He's not getting traded for anything more than a fourth rounder. All right. Like he's in, he's, he should be. You don't think there's a desperate team? I don't think there's a, no, there's no desperate team. That's going to trade a a third or second or first rounder for Eckler. I don't think so. Uh, I just, again, people know how ring back works in this league. And and the reason why I think you're so shocked by this is because I've been so pro be, what's that? New England. What what about New England? I mean, average quarterback. I guess Damian well, average quarterback. Agent. They like to run the ball. Yeah, New England's actually not bad. I, I, New England would maybe do it. I, I mean, you like, I don't know. The, they but, probably wouldn't trade him within the AFC. To be fair, so I, then you I also, the NFC. I don't think people view him like Christian McCaffrey. Like he's statistically on the same level as Christian McCaffrey. But I don't think people around the league view him like that for some reason. Like McCaffrey is just like a unicorn, and everyone knows it. But I feel like Austin Eckler is still like underrated in league circles. Like, despite being the number one running back in fantasy, and among people like us who play fantasy football, like, he's the man. But in league circles, I feel like, eh, well, he's 27, he was drafted late, he was undrafted. Like, 
like guys like that just throughout the course of the career, no matter what they do, will not have the same value as a guy who is like the third overall pick in Christian McCaffrey. It's just not like there's a reason that that guy was the third overall pick and there's a reason that this guy was undrafted. And those things remain true no matter how late they are in their career. So look, and, and, and again, I was going to say, the reason I think you're so shocked about this is because I've been so pro- you know, be smart with value when it comes to running back and don't give up assets for it. And, and, and don't that, give up I was very shocked. And, yeah. But like uh, the thing is, so say you used your fourth round pick on a running back, right? Fair. And you didn't trade for actually use your fourth round pick. You use number 133 over on a running back. He's not going to be here for eight years. That guy is going to be here for probably three years or four years, just like Dave Montgomery. And then he's going to be on his way out. Right. So the only difference that you would get between drafting a guy fourth round overall and trading for Austin Eckler is you pay a little bit more for Eckler, but you get a surefire top five running back in the league. Like, yes, you have to pay him a little bit more, but you can't afford it. And Austin Eckler comes in here and helps your offense significantly. I am not okay with Kalu Herbert being the bell call RB1. I'm not. I like sure. Kalu Herbert. I'm not okay with that. I'm sorry. He is an RB2, and that's all he is going to be in my eyes. And if they draft a running back, I expect that running back to be the RB1 come week one. Uh, or, or it's a pretty close split 50-50. But Austin Eckler can get you in the end zone. This stat is unbelievable. And this is why I think he fits so perfectly with the Bears. If he were, Eckler's a running back, remember this when I say this, if he were on the Bears in 2022, he would have led the team in receiving yards by 178 yards. He would have now, led the team to, in to receptions. Now, to be fair, he's a very, very good receiver. Exactly. He, 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 he would have led the team in receptions by 57. 57! He would, have, he would have been second on the team in receiving touchdowns. Like, this guy fits exactly what you want to do on offense, and I just I don't. Get complacent now with what you have on offense. Don't get complacent. Show me that you are willing to, to like, again, trade for him. He's 27 for your deal. You get him between 27 and 31 or something like that. I don't, or two, three year deal. Like running backs like this cycle through it often. Like you're not finding your eight year solution in the draft anyway. So why not go after a guy who you know is surefire to be good? Because quite frankly, Ryan Poles missed on Tristan Ebner. Maybe I don't have the confidence that he's gonna hit on the next running back. I don't know. I mean, trust Tristan Ebner was a late, was a hail mary in the late okay. rounds. Though. Isaiah Pacheco was a late hail mary round, and he was, you know, an impact in the Super Bowl. And Isaiah Pacheco. Every, was every team is kicking themselves for Isaiah Pacheco. Every, the Chiefs are probably kicking, kicking themselves for not taking him earlier. That's that's like oh, you're you're cherry picking at that point. So what don't you like about? What is it? Is it the money? It's, with Eckler? it's not that I don't like game? Austin Eckler. I know. It's that, and it's not like. If the Bears gave up a, a fifth round pick, let's say, okay, fine. I'm gonna like if they acquire Austin Eckler, I'm gonna get excited. I'm gonna say, okay, this is great for the offense. This is great for Justin. I'm gonna be excited and be the positives. I just am trying, as I do on this show, to kind of look at this in a realistic sense that Ryan Pulse just doesn't strike me as the guy that's gonna give up draft capital for a running back, even one as good as Austin Eckler. Okay, and the but thing what is, if they're gonna use that draft the capital counter, anyway? And I, I, like, I say the thing about the contract because Austin Eckler demanded a trade because the Chiefs wouldn't give him an extension. So you would have Chargers, to assume Chargers. that any – what I said? You said Chiefs. Chargers? Did I say Chiefs? Chargers. Yeah. The Chargers wouldn't give Austin Eckler a contract extension that he was demanding. So he said, all right, fine, trade me. So there's no shot that he's going to just get traded and be like, okay, yeah, I'm good with my contract now. He's still going to want that extension, and he's going to want to be paid like one of the top players in the league. And that's just – how it goes with running backs. Don't the thing is you just don't want to be in a cowboy situation where you have to 
eat all this dead money. The Cowboys rele- are going to release. They announced today or got released <laughs> yeah. today. The Cowboys are going to cut Zeke. And they at one point paid him like one of the best players in the NFL. And for the last year, two years even, all we've heard from Cowboys fans and even from Dallas front office, like, yeah, we're hamstrung because of the Zeke contract. And we're just fucked. Like that, that's how that's gone. Like Zeke has screwed them with that contract. Like you just don't want to be in that situation. I would much rather Ryan Poles and Matt Eflus try to figure this out by committee because you can have a guy like Isaiah Pacheco who just pops out of nowhere. You're more likely to have that than have Austin Eckler be the guy you think he's going to be on the contract that you give him. Like I'd much rather have that approach and, and allocate that money to the, to Frank Clark and guys on the offensive line and Darius Slay as opposed to paying Austin Eckler 13 million a year. Like it just doesn't make sense. And I did. And I think Ryan Poles is not the type of guy to do that. Like, I just think he's approaching this in such a way, like we saying from the Edwards signing and we've seen from the Davis signing and the Walker signing that he'll take his shots when it's necessary. Like we saw with the Edmonds signing, but the, the Eckler thing right now, you're not a team on the cusp right now. You're not one Austin Eckler away from being a Super Bowl contender. You're not. You're sure. not Kevin. And, and no one is. But, no one but, is. I, I, yeah, I don't think well, they're I mean, like put Austin Eckler on the Eagles right now. Yeah, I mean like yeah. you're, you're you're probably pretty damn good. Put Austin Eckler on I don't know, shit. Like put Austin and no, put Austin Eckler on the Bengals right now. Like I, Super Bowl favorite. Put Austin Eckler on the Bills. Like and an upgrade from Devin Singletary. Like put Austin Eckler on the Dolphins. And like that's you're just not there. You're not in that position. You think and you hope that you have the quarterback, and you now have the number one receiver. You're still building the defense, and you're still building the offensive line. You're not one Austin Eckler away. You're just not. I, maybe if the maybe we could have yeah, this conversation next year, and maybe then you could be like, yes, that's the guy. But right now, you have too many other needs. You have too much other things that you need to address as far as the offensive line and the defense go before you can afford to pay a top tier running back. You're not there yet. That's a that's a luxury that teams yes. with mostly complete rosters can afford, and you're not one of those teams. Yeah, yeah, you're talking me out of it. You are talking me out of it slightly, but like it's just I, I think again, part of it is under again, I'm understanding that because you traded for DJ Moore, you save money there and you save a draft pick there. Like you save money and a draft pick with the trade for DJ Moore, likely. Like I I I, I I thought about it a couple of days ago. I've been thinking about it since. I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver in uh, the first round. And I say that because I think they have a belief that Carolina is going to be bad enough for them to at least be in a position to trade up next year for Marvin Harrison. So I don't think they're going to take a wide receiver this year. I'm, I'm willing to almost rule it out unless I hear some shit from Jackson Smith and Jigba at Pro Day or something, um, which we'll have a good report from because I got friends still at Ohio State uh, that he's been like, talking to the Bears heavily or something. Um, but again, just last thing on Eckler. like. I think part of it is he's not he he's literally a half receiver for you. Like he's sure. literally he changes your offense in such but a positive way. You got your one receiver already. You got your number one already. Yeah, I I know. You got him I last know. week. You got yeah, him last Friday. I, I, I know, but that doesn't undermine. Like that still wouldn't lessen the impact that Austin Eckler could have on your offense. And and look, well, so think of it this way, Kevin. Like remember on on a Monday when we were talking about like the boxes that you were able to check with the DJ Moore trade and the number one overall pick trade. You were able to kill two birds with one stone. You were able to get the receiver and get out of the pick. Now, and what did we talked about when we talked about T. Higgins and Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, well, you have to give up picks and you have to give up. Like, you accomplished your goal already. 
Like you accomplished the goal of getting the star receiver and getting out of the pick. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. Eckler definitely takes this offense to another echelon, potentially. This it definitely takes you up another level for sure, 1000 percent But again, you're not starved for that star receiver anymore. You got him. You're good. You're set. Now it would yeah, just I, be a luxury. It would just be overkill. Not overkill because you can never have enough superstar players like that, but you're there. You've got you're not you're not starving for that talent anymore. But it's like I, I holy I, shit, I, Julio Rodriguez, what a catch. Jesus. I, I Jake's locked in on the WBC. Um, I get it, but like, I, I think part of it is this, Jake, like I said from the start of free agency that there's a select few of running backs that can difference on your team that I'm willing to pay. And he's one of them. And Tony Power is another one of them. And CMC is another one of them. And if you watch how CMC changed the complexion of that San Francisco offense, like, I think like Austin Eckler can do that for you in a positive way. That's all, that's all I'm saying. And because of the way but, that they were able to allocate the 49ers had one of the best rosters in the NFL. Like the, yeah, the 49ers they could the exact afford, team yeah, I, I was it, talking I about. They, they were they I, were a CMC away from a Super Bowl team. They were there. Yeah, I get they it. were in that spot. I, I I know. But you know, I, I think it should be considered. I think the Bears should at least be on the phone and say, hey, what's the asking price? And if it's too high, then sure. say F no. But if, if the market comes down and Austin Eckler's sitting there and you only have to give up that fourth rounder and you also have another fourth round, like you have two fourth rounders. It's not your only fourth rounder that you're giving up. And you have a shit ton of picks in this draft and you can probably create more by trading down again later in the draft. Like, I just, I think it's worth a look. Anyway. Uh, enough on that enough on Austin Eckler we just did like a whole thing or you did like a whole 20 minute thing on something that's like 90% not going to happen <laughs> like, 95, like I, yeah. I'm mad enough to admit that it's probably not well, going to happen I just like then this let's thing. close with something that is happening that has happened ding dong the greasy weird drugged out man is gone See ya. the weird man is gone the weird bad man who has tortured us for 10 years has Gone. It's over. Aaron Rodgers has announced, quote unquote, what we all knew already, that he's going to be a New York Jet. It's signed, sealed, delivered. Just the Packers got to figure out what the tr- what the trade compensation is going to be, what the Jets are going to send back in return. But for all intents and purposes, Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. It's over. We alluded to it earlier. Now Jordan Love. It's Jordan Love season in Green Bay. And here we go now. Um, he's finally gone, and what just ends up probably happening is that the NFL is going to schedule the Jets and the Bears uh, next year, and he's just going to oh do the God. same for us. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, but no, he's gone. It's over. We can celebrate. It's you know again what we all knew, but it's finally official and said from the words of the man himself. He out of here. He gone. And I just—it's not even like relief or joy. It's just like about time. Like it's just just. Just go, just get out of here. That's that's the feeling for me. Yeah, I'm ready. Like, I just, this guy's just such a pain in the ass, man. Yep. I mean, and the whole just wish sucks. list thing. He the just whole wish list, Like, who do you think you are, bro? Like, you're not even on the team you're asking for. He a thinks he's Tom Brady. Person. Yeah, yeah, he, you are not Tom Brady, bro. You have the same number of conference championship wins as Rex Grossman. Let's cool it, buddy. <laughs> like, I understand you won back-to-back COVID MVPs or whatever, but, like, let's cool it. And uh, Shane Reardon who is probably not listening to this, but is a friend of the show, is like he a major, he's like a major Aaron Rodgers apologist. He's like, well, I just respect Rodgers for like handling on his own and like, you know, not letting anyone else speak for him. And and the whole text with Schefter and everything was just weird. Like <laughs> that was that. No, that was hilarious. I, I'm not one to compliment Aaron Rodgers and say like Aaron Rodgers does anything well. 
That was very funny to say to some, to anybody and anybody in any situation to say, lose my number. Good try though. <laughs> that's like, like, you know, that's going to be used as a meme for like girls oh, for whose sure. actions come back to them. For you know, like sure. mine should have used it on me two weeks ago. Like lose my number. Like absolutely hilarious. So funny. Schefter is like the biggest like punching bag when it comes to this stuff too. He and is. it's so funny because he's so dorky and it's really funny. And it's just the best great response. But I will say that that was 10 out of 10 hilarious by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it, it, it was very funny. It was, it was funny. It just and the timing of it was great. Uh, I, yeah. I have a simple question for you. And then I got one more thing about the Rodgers thing. But the question I have for you is there's a lot of Bears fans, I think, who are upset that or who are going to who, who kind of resent the fact that the Bears and Justin Fields will never get a chance to like dethrone Rodgers. I mean, we pitched for two years, like, when is the passing of the torch going to happen, right? When is that game where Justin Fields outplays Aaron Rodgers and the Bears win? And guess who's the new king of the North? They don't get that chance now. And I think there's going to be... It could still... Who, so... Well, it could happen, it, like... It could just happen, happen with Rodgers. Like, it would happen like, with Rodgers. It would happen against the Packers. Like, that, that, that passing of the torch sure. is which team is better. But as far as, like, hey, the boogeyman, the guy who you couldn't... Like, the fuck you to Rodgers that all Bears fans have been wanting to give him. Like, you don't... I mean... Not, it, I'll take a, a you know a run to the championship game or to the Super Bowl in the next four years over yeah. he, beating Aaron Rodgers in a meaningless game yeah. in 2021 or 2022. I'll take that all day. Like that. Oh well, it would have been nice, sure, but you know the next three four years are more important than a meaningless win. You know because imagine this: if you had beaten Rodgers this past year and passed that torch and and you know slayed the dragon, wouldn't have gotten the number one overall pick. Wouldn't have gotten DJ Moore. Wow, he's spitting facts. And let me, let me, and look, so the Bears are second in, the, in odds right now to win the NFC North, which is fascinating. They're tied with the, the Vikings. Hilarious. I, I, it opens up, we'll talk about this another time because we're running out of time. It opens up the possibility, we talked about it at the start of the show, it opens up the possibility for the Bears to win this division, like 100% does. Sure. But let me paint this That's picture true. for you. All right, let me just paint this picture for you. It's 2025, Rodgers finally says hey this is my last dance this is my last you know he already did the last dance thing but he's going to do it again and, and last year was deal with new york it's 2025 the bears are super bowl contender super bowl what would that be i don't know what super bowl that would be but bears make it to the AFC championship they win jets make it to the AFC championship they win bears justin fields versus the jets and aaron Rodgers I, in 2025 for the super bowl i would be, be electric i would be a nervous wreck i would pass away because i would just you know, you know what I would say, right? That Aaron Rodgers is gonna rip our hearts out one more time. Oh, that's exact, you, I, that's exactly. It, it would happen. happen. It would happen. That's exactly what I would say. Oh. and I would be a mess for you know whatever the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I, I would be it, a mess. I would be. If we lost that game, if we lost that game, I would never when? recover. When? I, I, when? I would, yeah, when? When? yeah, because the narratives would be too much. The narratives would be too much. Yep. Like the, Aaron like, Rodgers goes out on top, beats the Bears one more time. Oh and my gets god! I own you one more time, one thousand percent. I I would. I, I don't know how I'd recover. I don't know how I'd recover. But at the same time, if the Bears won, oh, greatest day of my oh, life. Oh yeah, I mean, the Bears won the would already happen, be the so. greatest day of my life. But like, that, oh, to beat Rodgers in his final last day. Oh, wait, that's a good question. Actually, before I, here's a great question for all the viewers in the chat: If the Bears won the Super Bowl, if you're if you were alive, if you were born past the year of 1985. If the Bears won the Super Bowl, and exclu- excluding like having a kid or getting married, like if the Bears won the Super Bowl, would that day be the best day of your life? 
Like, it's got to be. I think it would. Like, the, the Cubs winning the World Series is currently the best day of my life, I think. And I'd have to think about it. I think that I think that would be the best day of my life. I think it would. I, I mean, objectively, I'd like to say no. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think there should be better things that have happened in your yeah, life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll, I'll have to think about it, obviously. Well, that, that, we'll do that next week. We'll do that next week. Okay. We'll talk. That's something we'll talk about. We'll we'll save it for the end of the show next week, and we'll go over that. All right. Um, all right. Tease. Well, thank you. Tease. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. That does it. Another edition of Bears Nation podcast. We appreciate everyone in the chat. Once again, we were brought to you by OnTap Sports Network. We are happy and just really excited to be a part of OnTap. Really appreciate everyone that's viewing through OnTap. Always, of course, appreciate all our OG. Uh, listeners and viewers, we love you guys. But Bears Nation Podcast presented to you by ONTAP Sports. That we will be back next week to do more silly shit like we just did with Happiest Day of Your Life. So come back for that. We will be back then. So see you next week. And until then, as always, bear down.